Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, and this is your host today, Super Vegan Brian. And as usual, we have a lack of hosts this morning. I am joined by guest host, David Theobald III. Welcome, David. Hello. Nice to see you again. Well, see is a relative to, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's great to, wait a second. Do you hear something? What is that? That it sounds like a like a dying cat or something. What is no. that? No, it's a TARDIS, you assholes. <laughs> Holy crap. We're, it it's I, I you know, we're we're I'm, I was gonna say it looks like something, but you know, we only hear it. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's a voice I've not heard. In a long time. <laughs> it, it sounds exactly like a, a crude knockoff of a 1965 police box. <laughs> whoa, whoa, not crude. I, I, That was a star performance. Okay, some might even say I did it better than Matt Smith did in that one episode. Oh my gosh, look who forced his way into our dimension. It's Hindu Anthony, Yay. who hasn't been here in months. I know. So were you like being kept prisoner somewhere or what? Uh, no... Just lazy. I, um, I went to another dimension and was just like, this place is cool. I guess I'll stay here. They accused it, you of being a heretic, didn't they? No, it, it rained food. Oh, ooh, oh wow. yeah, you All went right. to the you went to the the other dimension from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the land that only has shrimp. <laughs> and shrimp's pretty good. I like. Uh, I mean, you know, vegetarian and all, but oh, oh, shrimp's good. On Buffy, there was this running gag about <laughs> shrimp dimensions. That's terrible. Yeah, they had it. the land without the the dimension without shrimp and the dimension that was only shrimp. I wouldn't want to live in the dimension without shrimp. And in the comic book, they went to the land that was run by giant shrimp slavers. <clears throat> nice. Nice. It's a good thing you weren't in that one. Yeah. But here I am in, you know, regular Earth number four. So if... um. If Anthony's audio is a little crude during this episode, it's because he's forcing his way into our dimension. Yeah, I'll try to adjust it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, with internet connection issues. No, not at all. <laughs> how, do, how does Wi-Fi work in different di- dimensions? Oh, they have Wi-Fi there. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, they're, they're sophisticated shrimp. And then, just, the, you know, then the, just, I just, just committed mass genocide every day. Well, it's sort of like our... Um, it's sort of like the podcast Hello from the Magic Tavern. The Wi-Fi signal goes through our extra-dimensional portal. Or, you know, the the um, since Anthony lost the extra-dimensional portal, it goes through um, the crude knockoff of the TARDIS that he found. Because we'd never say that he actually has the TARDIS. No, no. No, it's a knockoff TARDIS. Uh, it's called a TARDOS. <laughs> Time and relative dimension on space. Mm-hmm. Not in space, on space. It, it's it aggressive. Surfs, it surfs a long space. <laughs> I'm really glad that you were able to take that and actually make a joke out of it, Brian. That was, that was pretty good. good. That was good. This is going to become a thing now. Our Tardos. We have a Tardos. And an extra-dimensional portal. We have both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Anthony. We've never actually oh, talked shit. about this on the podcast. What does our extra-dimensional portal look like? Um, Have any of you guys seen... Um, um, Stargate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nothing. Nothing like that. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I can picture it in my head now. That was a yep. really good description. Not at all like that. There you go. That's what it looks like. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, David, does that work for you? That's what you pictured, right? It it looks exactly like how Anthony just described. Like completely not a Stargate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally, I totally see it. Here we go. It's a, it's, it's I a mean, big, it's a big square. It's not a circle. I'm acting like I haven't seen seen it before. I mean, Anthony, Michael, and I did build it with our own bare hands over I was Skype. Say, you moved it. You moved it to your new apartment, didn't you? <laughs> well, no, I haven't seen it since I moved. It it it's been in Anthony's hands. I mean, remember he's been trapped in in other right. dimensions. I'm just moving around. But now we I have describe a t- it. We describe it as a portal, but the portal goes with you. But now that I have the tortoise, I don't really need the extra dimensional portal. Oh, so that's why Michael's not here. You load it to him. Okay. Oh no, we're so now we're gonna have this whole subplot where. Anthony's extra dimensional the, the 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 nerd podcast radio extra dimensional portal was abandoned for the Tardos mm-hmm. and <laughs> the nerd podcast radio version of the master is going to get a hold of our extra dimensional portal. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should do a whole comic. Ooh, can, can can I be the master? I mean, I am totally the master. I was going to say it's probably Christy Shen. Oh, that works too. <laughs> yeah, we could turn this into a whole skit one day. This would be really entertaining, actually. <laughs> right. I smell a radio play. What should the Tardos be like on the outside? It can't be a blue police box. It's got to be something else. That's well, this is one of our no topic episodes. We're not going to have a topic. We're just going to talk about stuff. And I already have some ideas. I know David has some ideas. I know Anthony has some ideas. He's going to bug us with some ideas. Ha! Foreshadowing. Um, but for now, we have to play everyone's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? where the three of us share the nerdiest thing we did this week, and then we all vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system to decide who had the nerdiest thing this week, and that person gets to bring the widgets home. So, David. Oh, oh that's right. I go first. <laughs> what uh, was nerdy with you this week? Well, actually, I did a lot of prep for a new uh, D&D campaign. I started with uh, some friends of mine I met on WoW. Uh <laughs> I'm GMing them through uh, the uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist from 5th edition. Ooh, entertaining. It's been fun so far. We've done two sessions now, and they seem to be getting it. The problem is, is uh, the, of the three players, they haven't done much D&D playing since, like, Second Ed. So <laughs> they're picking it up quite quite quickly, and I'm learning on the fly how to use Roll20 and D&D Beyond. So we're having fun. And then, I made some guides for Roll20 a while back. Um, did you guys hear about the Roll20 issue? What Roll20 issue? I, I think it's Roll20. I'm pretty sure it's Roll20 out of this issue. I, I heard about it on um, some of the big uh, D&D um, YouTubers were talking about it. Uh, apparently, I think it's Don Forgecast did a video about it where he was talking about this issue they had with Roll20 where him and like all the other big like D&D YouTube groups were going to do like a collab thing with Roll20 and their spokesperson told them we don't need any more straight white guys advertising for us. No, thank you. Huh? Huh? And like, well, and this is, this is hearsay. We don't have confirmation on this just to let you know, this isn't coming to you from, no, this is something I saw on YouTube, but they yeah. all, but they all confirm like all the, all these YouTubers are all saying like, yeah, that's what they told us. So, mm. um, I mean, I believe it. I mean, you guys can look more into it. I didn't look into it any further than that. I kind of was like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't use Roll20, so I'm not going to look farther into it. But what they all said basically was like, they're not mad at the fact that they're like, oh, well, we want some more diversity in our in our group of people. They they were all like, if they had just said that, we'd understand. We'd be like, oh, I get that. You want to include some more people of color, some more women, 
kill some more of those people to join the game. I understand. There's already enough straight white men playing D&D. We need to branch out. <laughs> but their their frustration was like the hostile way it was presented to them. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I don't I I just use the free version. I'm not giving them money or anything. <laughs> oh, it, it happened to Dawnforge cast. I know mm-hmm. them. I talk mm-hmm. to them on on Facebook all the time. Let's see. Yeah. Way to name drop, Brian. Do you really talk to them on Facebook? Yeah, they're a member. They're a member of the the Pathfinder Society group. Mm-hmm. I admin. I, well, I, I, I I admin with a team. I don't admin by myself. Yeah, I like his uh his YouTube videos. They're very funny. Yeah, especially I, the ones where he breaks the game. I mean, my communication with him is is pretty limited to hey, you're you're posting too much, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's Don't moderating the group. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He uh, I like his stuff um where he tries to break things like break rules and systems. Like he did one where he's like, um, the how to do the most damage with magic missile. I haven't. I watched his stuff on Starfinder. That was the last stuff I watched from him. I haven't watched anything on his Pathfinder Two E yet or or his D and D stuff. Um, yeah. and I mean there it what happened. Uh, I, I, there were other guys involved. Like there was um. Web DM. Um, wow, I don't know who any of these people are. Okay. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. Okay. Well, I don't get a lot of t- as much free time as I used to to just watch stuff and listen to stuff anymore. So. Um, I understand. Trust me, I do. Because like, since you guys last saw me, uh, I had like a baby. Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hindu Anthony has another another spawn. Congratulations. The first time I could tell you over Skype. Yep. Yay. There I am proliferating. It's uh it's actually really scary to think about. <laughs> Anthony, since you're already talking, what was nerdy with you this week? Uh I think the nerdiest thing I did was probably what I did last night. Um and we're gonna get into this when I start talking about my discussion and my topic. But I was looking at the Southern California Doppler radar to track thunder and rainstorms throughout the southern california oh that thunderstorm last night was awesome it hasn't done that here in a long time can you explain why that's nerdy i know i i know you do have a reason for it being nerdy but i i'd like you to to hear you explain it to the listeners like searching like watching a thunderstorm isn't nerdy enough oh okay so you Um, did it for fun okay well it's part of the fun um the reason why is uh i Start. I'm starting to get into what's known as myrmecology, um, the 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 study of ants and ant colonies. That's what I was getting to. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I was going to go this weekend to go see if I can't go out to a desert near uh near air quotes. You can't see me doing it where I live. Uh, to go catch queen ants to start my own um. Ant colony, yeah. And the thing about ants, especially in 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 uh, arid areas like California, they only have their mating flights, nuptial flights, is what they're properly called, and t- uh, after it rains, because they need the soil to be nice and wet and moist for the queen to dig into it, because she can't dig into like dry, baked, rocky sand. So I'm watching the storm to see where it's going to pinpoint the best locations to go do this oh, that's neat. what i was doing so you're going to try and breed a race of super ants to help you take over the world 
Um, no, probably not. Uh, I'm my best guess is probably the first calling I start will die in a month. <laughs> well, that's all part of how science works. Yeah, you most people don't have. Yeah, most people don't have very high success their first time around. Um, especially with some of the more advanced species, like in Southern California, we have. I'll just get into it when I when when it comes to my turn to talk about it. But we have leafcutter ants, and they can be really fickle. So cool. That is ridiculously a nerdy reason to watch Doppler. I mean, not that watching the weather for fun wouldn't be nerdy on its own, but holy crap. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nerdy. Hey, Brian, what was nerdy with you this week? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, what was nerdy with me with this week was a couple of things. Um, one, Heather and I started a solo Starfinder game. Nice. Oh, cool. Just and the two I, of you? Um, yeah, just the two of us. Who's the DM? I am. Are you playing we, a character or no? Um, off and on. Oh, I try okay. to keep it as solo as you as as possible, so the so NPCs just, don't steal the show. So it's mostly just her on like adventures, and then you add NPCs every so often to help her out when they're necessary. Okay. Um, I the 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 funniest thing I did was I did this was as little as prep as possible, so I just stole characters directly from the Androids and Aliens podcast. That's like half the that's, fun. That's pretty. Yeah, funny, they actually. did all the prep for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty genius. I like that idea. I'm I also, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I've done that for my Giant Slayer game. <laughs> I also had all of the events in the game happening parallel to the stuff that was going on in the podcast. Oh, nice. Because you know I listened to their podcast, so I have it all very clearly in my head. So I just have all the events of the podcast happening at the same time. It works really well. They're, I mean, she's completely parallel to them. She's not with them. She's on her separate thing. Their right. stuff is just happening in the background. Yeah, no, I get it. Are you including their stuff in the background? In uh, Are you including their stuff in your story background? Yes. Nice. Yeah, it's like what she's doing is, it's like when... It's sort of like um, those old Star Wars comics about the stu- the two stormtroopers... Yeah, yeah, I get the idea. Like, if this was Star Wars, it'd be like, there's a giant galactic Star Wars battle going on between the Rebels and the Empire, and she's, like, some random smuggler who's, like, smuggling cargo in between the wars. While the movie's going on around. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, and then um, a couple other things. Um, I finished um, my Pathfinder 2E playtest on um, Ask a Pathfinder's Facebook page. Um, I finished playing that. We we did our second part. Oh, nice. We were getting destroyed at the end. I'm sure he <laughs> nerfed he nerfed the crap out of it to let us live. Nice. Yeah, it was. We were seventh level, and and the the final boss was a brain collector. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's quite a fight. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean it it won initiative in the first fight and did 54 oh. damage against the against the other sorcerer and downed him right away. Damn. I mean, that's how you do it, but damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I sold everybody out. I betrayed. I, I was like, sure, we surrender. You want the guy you're looking for? We'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's right over there. Damn. Harsh, bro. But, well, the cool thing about Pathfinder 2nd Edition is because I did that, I got to use a deception roll as my initiative check. Oh, yeah, yeah, because of the way they, they changed yeah. the rules. That's a... I do like that change. I do because I it means really need to read this rule set. Well, because it means you don't have to have like a decent dex to actually go first. Like yeah, 
It's it's and because... it, it and it incorporates other people's skills. Like if you're tracking something at the time and the thing you're tracking you happen to come up on, you're gonna use your tracking skill because you've been tracking it. That makes sense. And yeah, the yeah. other the other thing about it is it integrates what you're doing into how your initiative works. So you have these phases. You have explorer phase, exploration phase, downtime phase, and encounter phase. Exploration phase and encounter phase interact with each other. So during exploration phase, you tell your GM what your actions are. So like, imagine, and I use this example all the time. Imagine there's a party traveling through the woods, and the fighter says they're in the front with their weapons out looking for trouble. The rogue says they're being stealthy and staying to the shadows. The ranger says that they're looking for tracks to see if, you know, just to see if anything's come across this trail, if there's any civilization in the area. And then the the wizard says they're spending their time detecting magic um, and referencing their book as they go. So when combat happens, the fighter gets a perception check as his initiative. The rogue gets his stealth check. The ranger gets a survival check. And the wizard would have a number of things happening. Either if if magic does come into play as part of the encounter, it could be an arcana check for initiative, or it could just be a perception check and a free arcana check to determine what's going on. And the um, so I you, dig it. That's yeah, cool, it's, actually. And there's no initiative role. There. And yeah, no, that's that's great. It also saves you from pretty much having to take a feed if you ever want to go first. Oh yeah. And perception isn't a skill. It's something everyone has. Okay, cool. So you're not since perception is what most people are going to be rolling for initiative. Yeah, that it kind of defaults to that. Um, but it can some people be something are different. Be, some people are going to be because of the way the skill system works. Some people are going to be much better at perception than others. But everyone's going to be going up in perception every level. No one's going to be bombing it. Oh, excellent. So yeah, you're not going to have that level twelve character with a three perception. I also like that they, they, they don't have a base attack bonus anymore. They finally got away from that. So yeah. it's, it's it really makes Pathfinder its own its own thing now. Okay. That's cool. I mean, I get it. I mean I mean that honestly I'm I'm really enjoying Fifth Head because just of how streamlined it is. So speaking of games that we were all playing, my vampire game ended. Aw. I'm not done. I got two more things. I was just adding that little thing in there. Go ahead, Brian. Wait, you get you get three? Well, I I did a lot of it this week, and I can't uh, include any of it. Dude, um, dude, pick one to be your one nerdy thing. No, I'm saying I'm saying all of them. Nah, you know the rules. Yeah, Just give them. Never mind. There's rules. You're the one that usually enforces them, <laughs> and I get walked over all the time, so I get to walk over them too. The yeah, name of Eric the game. Is- but Erica's not here, so she can't <laughs> yeah. put you in your place. Okay, Brian. I guess I guess we'll allow it, but we'll you're, have you're to. You're going to be happy you allow it because they're both really good. This is but we're going to have to consult the council of, okay. of nine. Wait, there's nine of you guys now? Jeez. No, there's a council separate from us. Oh, Remember, oh. Anthony's been in another dimension for a while. Right. And it's the nine shrimp heads. I'm going to consult the council of nine. There, there were 13, but I ate four of them. I'm starting to wonder if this is actually Shrimp Anthony from the other universe. <laughs> there were 13, but I ate four of them. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Um, I saw the new Doctor Who. Oh, so did I. It was pretty good. Yeah. Nice. I It's in my queue of things to watch. And I saw the new Venture Brothers. 
I did not see that one. At the, the season finale. It was great. And I saw the new Supernatural. I did not see that. I haven't even seen last season. I need to catch up. Um, you know, I should have included Doctor Who then. I watched Doctor Who, but I didn't just watch it alone. I watched it with my baby. Ooh. Oh, yay. I, I was talking to the baby the whole time and explaining to him what was going on in the episode of Doctor Who. You got to start him young. Hmm? You got to start him young. Never mind. I, I love the fact that we have a female doctor now. And she did a fantastic job. Yeah, she did good. I I thought the first episode was a little... Eh, it was okay. I, I've seen better first episodes, but that's not her fault. And, you know, maybe I should say they did a fantastic job because there's all this online debate about the gender of the doctor. <laughs> I think that she's a she. They call her madam, and she agreed on the sh- in, the, in the episode. But, mm. yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's my chime in on that. So I'm just going to write a crap ton of stuff next to mine. Um, so, um, voting, David, you have four widgets. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Ants is pretty fucking dirty. I know. Give all four to, uh, to Anthony there. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony? You have four? We lost Anthony. Oh, no. The shrimp got him. He was talking about the council and he shouldn't have been talking about the council. Man, are you muted? Speak the council's name and, and they know where you are. Well... While he's rushing to get back, I'm going to say who I voted for. Okay. Um, I'm going to give Anthony all four of my votes. Exactly. So if he's a terrible person, he clean sweeps. I think he clean sweeps regardless of what he does. True. He 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 definitely will win. <laughs> well, he's still on the Skype call. Okay, so the connection through the tortoise is okay. Or the TARDIS. That was it. I said tortoise. <sighs> It has been a long couple of weeks. Okay, listeners, I'm going to pause recording for a second to call Anthony on his phone and find out what happened so we're not killing a bunch of air looking for Anthony. And um, Anthony is back. He had to run off for a shrimp-based emergency. And they almost got him. It was close, apparently. I was was just calling his baby a shrimp. Ah. It it had nothing to do with the other dimension. Nope. Baby baby needed a diaper change in a bottle. Oh, there he is talking. He wants to say hi. Now, how old is your baby? He, a week? He will be a month on Has the 15th. Has it been that long? Mm, on the 15th, he'll be a My month. Gosh, it feels like it's only been a week. He was born Mexican Mexico Independence Day. Oh, nice. Well, we no, gave Mexico you Independence all of our votes. We gave you all of our votes, Anthony. Yes, you have eight. Where do you put your four? Um, two between the two of you. Why'd you guys give me all my vote, all your votes? Because, because you were Ants doing, is really fucking nerdy. You were doing bug stuff. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's like you said, it's like as if you said you were focusing on your stamp collection or your coin collection. I mean, <laughs> so, so it's like, so it's like cream of the crop nerd, basically. I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going to a game convention today and you win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. This is the kind of nerdy thing that could still get you beat up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of nerdy thing that other nerds go, oh, man, I'm not that big a nerd. So, all right, since we're on to, we're on to our no topic now, Anthony, how did you get into this ant stuff? So, well, I've always kind of been into it. When I was a kid, um, I've mentioned this before, I wanted to be an entomologist. And I used to actually go around to my neighborhood and I would dig up uh, fire ant nests and try to collect them in uh, buckets of dirt and try to start my own colony even as a kid. And fire ants, those big red ants, the the big huge ones, um, it stung the shit out of my hands too. Yeah, I was going to say, 
Oh man, but, I my hands are just covered in just like stingers all the time. I always had like red swollen hands. No, when you were a kid, you didn't know about things like making sure to get the queen and stuff like that. Well, this is what I would do is I would dig and dig and dig until I saw a bunch of the big ants with wings. I knew ants had queens. I understood that. I I understood the necessity of that. So I saw these ants with big wings and I was like, oh, maybe they just have a lot of queens. Uh, now I know, no, those were just elates. Um, when the, when, when the time is right, basically around like mating time, uh, or before, slightly before ants will start to produce elates. They're larger than normal workers and they have wings and they're the males and females of the species. And then, as I said, during the what's nerdy with you, when it rains the day after the elates will leave the nest, fly off, mate, the males die, the queens find a place to nest they normally clip off their wings they dig a what's known as a founding chamber just a one room little chamber and they lay their eggs and they just kind of stay there forever do you want to hear something crazy though that i didn't know how do you guys think queen ants mate for upwards of 20 years when they only mate once how so first off they mate with multiple partners so they like there's a lot of fucking with ants and they're, they're the swingers of the bug community. Oh, no, it's like crazy orgy. Like a queen ant will mate with like 20, 30 different male ants. It's crazy. At the same they, time? Uh, No, no, because oh. it's only like one opening. <laughs> um, and then they have an organ. I think it's called a spermacyst that holds onto the sperm and keeps it alive basically up until they die. Oh, wow. So it like they're continually getting impregnated over and over and over again. Mm hmm. That's and they interesting. Hold, and they hold on to that same sperm forever. Wow, the dirty the dirty world of the ant community. And, and I I had no idea. There are also some really really interesting breed of ants that can basically what they can do is they don't need to actually mate outside of with other ants. What the queen can do is she can create clones of herself using her egg cells. And clones of the males that she mated with when the colony started using the sperm cells. And then those two ants can mate and make more ants. I think that there's just a general rule that arthropods can get kind of nasty. Because I was listening to a podcast the other day about horseshoe crabs. This American Life did an episode on horseshoe crabs. And every year there's like a giant horseshoe crab orgy. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty normal. For a lot, yeah, for a lot of arthropods, um, which I mean makes sense. I mean, when you are small and easy to kill, you need to produce a lot of you to live. Um, and so those particular ants that do that, I think they're called black crazy ants. I, I could be wrong, but they're they're really weird in the sense that like they're one of a few ant colonies in the world, ant species in the world that can mate via. Um, they're, they're, they're incest. It's incest, but it's not genetic incest. So the way I got into it then, now, recently as an adult, is I was watching my YouTube feed, and then these things came up of um, of um, this YouTube channel called Ants Canada. Oh. What happened? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. God damn it. Oh. I can. Brian's saying he can't hear me. Oh, I can't hear Brian. Oh, I'm muted. That's why you couldn't hear me. I was oh. saying I could hear you over and over again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Are you, are you just going to edit this out? Should I continue? What's up? Just keep going. Okay. So, yeah, I watched that channel. The 
I'm sorry, baby. Uh, Ants Canada. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool watching him. He has, like, all these crazy ant collections. And I, I was, like, really into it. And then I, I started reading up about it all. And I was like, this is something I think I would like to get into. It was something I did as a kid. And now it's something I could kind of do as an adult. But then there was the girlfriend. And I had to make sure she was okay with it. Because she is deathly afraid of bugs. She hates all bugs. All bugs. Well, if, you I them, if you pretty much keep them in the terrarium when she's not around, just make sure that terrarium doesn't have breaches, then you're you're set. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've literally seen her scream at a butterfly flying too close to her. Damn. She does not like bugs, even the pretty ones. You so, might need a new hobby, my friend. So we talked, and, and after a couple of days of her thinking about it, she said it was okay. Um, I just can't keep them in the room, which I wouldn't because we have an AC, and we run the AC all the time in the room. That's not good for the ants. They need pretty consistent temperatures, um, mostly room temperature. Uh, the place I'm probably going to keep them is we have this like little mini closet in our stair, like off our staircase. So I'll be like, you go there. Um, and there's actually a guy in my city where I live, Santa Ana, who sells um, airtight cages for them, basically. Um, they're called formicariums. Cool. So... It, yeah, it's been raining all day. I'm planning tomorrow morning to leave at like 4 a.m. to get out to near Joshua Tree to go looking for wet spots. And the ants I'm expecting to see are either a uh, certain species of Myrmacostis honeypot ants or a type of Myrmex leafcutter ants. Damn. Well, I have something to bring up that's semi-related. Oh, well, yeah, Brian, it's not just me, me talking time. <laughs> so i was i was listening to this episode on this american life it um and it was about um horseshoe crabs and why they're important to the world mm-hmm. did you know that scientists constantly are having fishermen capture horseshoe crabs they take hundreds of horseshoe crabs to facilities drain them of uh, about two-thirds of their blood then they return them to the ocean I think you and I read that same article. Yeah. there You can look this up online, and there are images of these harvesting facilities where they have these bottles underneath horseshoe crabs, and they're filled with blue blood. Yep. Their blood is blue because of all the copper in it. That's insane. Yeah, it's a copper-based instead of iron-based. Um, they But horseshoe crab blood is very, very useful in testing um, pharmaceuticals for bacteria. So... Horseshoe crab blood is like super necessary for the pharmaceutical world. And in and the thing I thought was kind of cool about it is the fact that we're so reliant on horseshoe crabs means that horseshoe crabs are constantly protected. Because if that industry didn't exist, horseshoe crabs would basically just be fished and, and ground up for bait. Hmm. So you have an animal that really nobody cares about being protected because it has a, a really great pharmaceutical use and they can't just they can't grab them drain them of all the blood and kill them because then we wouldn't have any horseshoe crabs anymore so they have to highly monitor the horseshoe crabs and protect them and keep them around and it's one of the oldest species in the world they're related to trilobites mm-hmm. so i i thought that was kind of cool and it, that's pretty and cool anthony yeah. talking about ants got me thinking about that like do i have any connection to bugs in my life and uh, it made cool. me think of that the closest I've gotten to bugs was I reread uh, Starship Troopers by uh, Robert Heinlein not too long ago. Um, oh, so 
now that I'm so I've been reading Codex Alera. I'm on Princess Fury, Princeps Fury right now. Awesome. And I have to tell you something. And and I know Anthony. I'll give you a little bit of context. Codex Alera is a book series written by Jim Butcher, the guy who wrote the Dresden Files. I know you've heard of the. Dresden oh, okay. Files. Yeah, I need to read the Dresden Files. Everyone keeps yes, talking about how yes, great you they do. are. Yes, so, Codex Alera is this series about a fantasy world where the main protagonists are based on ancient Rome and crossed with Pokemon. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, that is the concept because it was. I, a I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a question for you, for you, um, David. Yes, shoot. How did Jim Butcher get away with ripping off the Zerg? I don't know, but he <laughs> did, and it's amazing. <laughs> Okay, well, how did the Zerg get away with ripping off Tyranids? Uh, Which I don't know, same, yeah. Well, uh, the, there there is the whole thing with the Croach, yeah, which well, is this different is, than this is the thing. There is a creature in the series Codex Alera that they're kind of bug-like. They swarm. They infest humans and other species. There's no kind of bug-like about it. They are Zerg. And they're they're, <laughs> they're reliant on queen. they're reliant on this surface that covers the ground called the croach that they have to spread in order to be able to breathe. And it's exactly the Zerg. I mean yeah. the Zerg has the creep, Codex Alera has the croach. Yep. And I mean they even have they have these giant vord they're called Vord in Codex Alera. There's these giant Vord that are basically ultralisks. Yep. No, it's like literally shot for shot ripping off Lizard. I don't know it's how like, he got away with it. How did he do it? He straight up just copied them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess he changed enough about the names and everything and their origins is completely different. But yeah, they're, it's the exact same thing. I freaking love it. It's amazing. I mean, it's really, they, really cool. They are such a good bad guy. The constant threat. <laughs> and they don't kind of fit in the world. But they shouldn't fit in the world because they're in an alien invasion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I knew you would like the series. Yeah, it, it's it's a good series. I'm and I'm happy that I was able to find them on Kindle downloads off my library, so I don't have to pay the ten bucks for each uh, yeah. book anymore. Uh, like Erica said last week, Kindle Unlimited is awesome. I have it. I've been using it for years. I, you know, I wouldn't have to pay for a subscription. I don't have to pay for a subscription service because I get it free through the library. True, but I mean the library has limited titles. Uh, the Kindle Unlimited is like almost any book you can download on Amazon. You can read for free. That is true, and that's an option if it comes down to it. I'm just saying yeah. I've been using it for years. It's an awesome service. So Anthony and I have shared some no topics. Um, what about you, David? Do you got anything? Um, like I've been doing a lot of game prep for the my D and D game I'm doing. Like I talked about I'm, I'm going to a miniatures convention here shortly. And, uh, yeah. Ooh, I, what kind of miniatures? Oh, it's, uh, HMGS is having a con out in Fullerton oh. at, the, at the Cal State there. So, yeah, we're going to go up and go out there, play some minis games. Uh, we're doing a World War II scenario today and Civil War tomorrow, I believe. What, what sides are you playing on? Uh, I am playing on the Americans, I believe. Sorry, it's the British and the Germans. Uh, I believe I'm playing German. Not 100% sure there. And then uh, tomorrow I'm playing, uh, I'm playing Confederates. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Day one Nazis, day two Confederates? Eh. I'm beginning to wonder about you. Which, <laughs> w- wait, wait. You said it was World War One for the first game? No, no, World War Dose. Oh, World War Two. Okay. One of the games is World War Two. It's, uh, 
uh, yeah, like I said, Britain versus Germans. I I I could look it up, the actual battle name and all that, but I don't. It would take me too long. Are there any? Now this is getting outside of miniatures, so you might know this, David. But mm-hmm. are there any World War II games that are based on the propaganda? That are just propaganda-based games? Uh, as far as because uh, I would love to play a World War II game where you have to convince everybody that carrots make give you night vision because you're hiding your. your no, your, no, there's <laughs> no game that I know of that does anything like that. That'd be cool. No, that that'd would be, be cool. I mean, there we might be something. Game. There might be something on Steam like Papers Please is modern is more modernist kind of, but it's very propaganda and propaganda wars. Oh, um, I watched. I haven't played Papers Please, but I watched them play it on. Um, I, I I listened to them talk about it on Dinosaur Machines, and I watched some Let's Plays on it. Shout yeah. out to Dinosaur Machines. Have you heard of Papers Please, Anthony? I've heard of it. Yes, it um, is such a cool game where yeah. where you have to check the 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 papers of people and you're like a gatekeeper right and uh, of this like dictatorship yeah and you have and uh after a while you have to make decisions that'll either help the government or help the the rebellion basically Mm -hmm. there was a nintendo game um that was based on the stock market and it was it was basically just like that you did it day by day and you did your you did your investments and then you check the next day and you did it over and over again and Papers, Please reminded me of that style of gameplay. And it was like, I could totally dig that. I loved that Nintendo game. I don't remember what it was called, but that, that like, day-by-day, numbers-based game just appeals to me. There's this one, I can't remember what it's called, but if I look, but I'm pretty sure if you look this up, you'll figure it out. It's, it's like, like you're a space janitor, and you have to go around this space station picking up trash and stuff. And there's like a dungeon in this space station, but like you don't ever really get the chance to go there, though you hear about people going there and getting rich. Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor? Yeah, there we go. Interesting. That one. And like, so you're trying to build up money to like either leave the space station or get your own place or something like that. But obviously, bills and stuff just keeps coming and pouring on you. Things like bad luck. Like things like, you know, you have to buy food. You have to your your particular race of alien has like some weird like thing about them that they have to take medication to deal with and you have to pay that every month. And it's just like all these bills and all these things just keep hammering you down. So it's like you have to work every day and it it's just you never make enough for saving. You 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 barely scrape by. Sometimes you don't even scrape by, sometimes you die. I am looking at this. This is a beautiful looking game. The the graphics in this are amazing. It's a hyper color game. It's like pastels and bright garish colors and yeah. I heard about it being talked on the um, the um, co optional podcast with uh, Total Biscuit. Rest in peace. Um, and they were talking about it and they were like, it's just such a soul crushing game. <laughs> That's what they said. They're like, like oh my god, it's like. It's like the game I would imagine, like if they took like a real janitor and just followed their life around. It was like, oh my god, this game is just so soul crushing. Oh Cause, wow! Because all it around, sounds you, like it would be very inspiring for Starfinder. Yeah, because all around you, you can see other people doing cool things and going on adventures and going on spaceships, and you're just this janitor barely living because you get paid such a paltry wage. I want to play this. It looks amazing. Oh, that looks really cool. So, yeah. Speaking of games, I've been playing Pathfinder uh, Kingmaker. Yeah, Uh, how is that? Yeah, I've been been looking at getting into it, picking it up. 
Um, if you play it on the default difficulty levels, it's brutal and like almost impossible to play. Okay. Um, it, I, I, I finally switched it to story mode and I switched kingdom building to automatic. I had to start completely over because I was playing in story mode, but didn't realize that kingdom building had a separate difficulty level. Oh, so I'm doing the kingdom building and I thought I was doing a good job. I thought I was doing fine. And all of a sudden it just pops up with your kingdom has been destroyed. And I'm like, what? Oh, so I loaded my saved game. Did it tell you why? No. Oh, jeez. It just pops up with your kingdom has been destroyed. It doesn't say which stat dropped or what. That doesn't make any sense. Why were they? Well, I ran a, that, would, ag- that would annoy me. Well, I ran it again, and it was because I didn't, because these troll attacks kept happening, and I kept putting my um, my general in charge of dealing with the troll attacks, and too many troll attack events would come up and I didn't have enough advisors to be able to handle them. So, um, eventually it just destroyed my kingdom. Um, that sucks. So I started completely over from the beginning and switched my, um, I switched my, um, kingdom building to automatic and I haven't gotten to king building yet in the story. So I'm going to see if that works and maybe I can, it's easier to deal with. That's cool. But when I was looking at the reviews for the game, it was like 50% of the reviews were like, this is amazing. And I love being able to play a top-down game, isometric game in the Pathfinder universe. And then the other half of the reviews like, this game is too fucking hard. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, when you play it in normal difficulty and when you're walking around and you run into an elder freaking water elemental. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And I guess that's realistic for Kingmaker because Kingmaker's sandbox and creatures can be anywhere. Oh yeah, but still, geez. it can be a little unfun. Like I'll never forget mm. the one one of the times I was running book one and my level two party stumbled onto a group of oh look I rolled max on number three trolls. Fuck that. <laughs> when time I was to, time to run. That's yeah, that's time to run. When I was playing it with Adam and Ian and Anna, um, we ran into a. Um, we ran into a um, a troll at second level, and we killed it. Well, yeah, well, just one, one of us died. you guys could probably handle, but... Three? We, well, we, we had a death. We, Anna's barbarian died. Aw, rip. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, be, but, but Ian did a really good job of running the game, and we found tr- signs of troll activity, and we could have avoided that hex, and we decided uh. to do it anyway. <laughs> See, my party was like, we're going to explore the hex, and then no one rolled higher than like a 12 on their perception check, so it's like, okay. <laughs> I um, Speaking of games, I, I've been playing WoW again. You still haven't added me, by the way. Oh, I haven't. That's right, because I'm a terrible, terrible friend. Death Knight? Yeah, my Death Knight. Ooh, Death Knight, Master Race. Or Master I need Fire. to add you on Steam. I don't have you on Steam. Or do I have you on Steam? I don't have you on Steam. Do, do you like the new expansion, Theobald? It's all right. I, I, I'm kind of getting very, very fed up with world quests, but, you know, it is what it is. The, the, another uh, turtle has made it. Another turtle has yes. made it. Another, another turtle has made it to the water. <laughs> A turtle has made it to the water. Oh, my God. Um, I'm actually not there yet. So I was playing on my girlfriend's account, and I got a character to max level. And then right after that, we paid a friend of ours to fix one of our computers. And I was like, I want to start up my account. So I currently don't have a max level. Ah, cool. She has a max level test night. Nice. That she's never going to play. 
Well, I'm currently leveling my Nightborn Mage off and on when I'm not running content on my main Death Knight, so... And with Baby, it's been really hard to find the time to play. Because, um, basically, th- this is kind of my day. I get home from work, I do some chores, I take care of my son and the other son. And then by the time the first guy goes down to sleep, and I'm taking care of the baby, I'm just like, okay, I'm really tired, I'm going to go to bed now. Alright, a couple of things I need to point out there. One, other son? Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, I have two kids now. I, the wording was amusing. Anyways. All right. We are out of time. This is going to be a shorter episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we're going to do movie described badly real quick. Does any... I actually did prep for this. So does anybody mm. have... Um, anybody have any before I go? No, go ahead. I need a minute. Have you? Have either of you guys seen uh, Good Dick? No, but I've heard of it. Uh, do you want me to describe it badly? Oh, yeah. You haven't been on in a while. You don't know how we play this right now. Nope, I don't. Oh, so the way we do it is we describe a movie badly and try to ha- guess what the movie is. Oh, I did, totally it to I did this totally backwards. Yeah, I did this totally backwards. Yeah, because we used to just pick a movie and describe it badly at the end. So you're you're right on being right. Okay, okay. Let me do it. Let me do this. Uh, let me do this one. I got one. Okay. A group of communists are are collecting their 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 um crops for the spring to prepare for the uh winter and a wacky inventor um accidentally destroys the crops and then a big army of evil capitalist pigs come and demand crops and the group of communists are like but we don't have have any uh fucking numbnuts over there destroyed it all and the capitalists are like you better figure this shit out or else we're gonna send our military in to nuke all of you and wacky inventor dude goes and finds a group of friend of wacky crazy friends from a circus to help him in his crazy idea of we're gonna entertain people to make ends meet somehow and then the the they it doesn't work like they don't get the food it sucks and the capitalist monsters come and are like, we're coming to take your food. And then the communists realize, wait a minute, there's way more of us. We could just, you know, stab you all in the face. And at the end of the day, the uh, the proletariat makes the bourgeoisie run away. Wow, that was that went all over the place. I, I guess yeah, I, like four different movies. Uh, right? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. No. <laughs> what I is it? No clue. It's it's uh, a bug's life. Oh, oh God! <laughs> you know that was one of the directions I was going, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, some, for life. some reason, with your tone, I guessed it was a 3D animated movie. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did too. It's a bug's life. Uh, all right, I got one. Again, okay. <laughs> a group of siblings all decide to come out of the closet at the same time. Oh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, that's not bad. Not bad. Um, you got your one. If if David doesn't have one, we're, I'm, I'm saving mine, so I'm not going to throw a whole bunch out because I want to keep these because we run out of them. <laughs> yeah, but I won't be here for another couple months. Yeah, that's true. See if David has one. All right, I've got one. I've got one. Uh, uh, a man saves a green-eyed girl while bitching uh, while bitching over the CV in his truck. Oh, um, Big Trouble in Little China. That's the one. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, you need to see you that. You need to see that movie. It's fun. It's just... Gone. Uh, you know, 
It was. It's so great having you back, Anthony. But it didn't really feel like you were truly home until you said. Until you said, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a good one. It was funny as I haven't seen this movie, but I got a good one. Okay, two cowboys walk down a lane in the in the old western town. And one of them says, "This town ain't big enough for the both of us," and they go pow and they shoot at each other. Every western ever. No, there's a specific western. Oh. Oh, God. Tombstone? Tombstone. Okay, thought so. <laughs> and Michael's going to be screaming, going, the hell, Lauren, was it in Tombstone? <laughs> <laughs> I make that joke all the time because Michael loves Tombstone and I've never seen it. And I'm like, I was like, Michael, there's going to be some sort of thing in Tombstone where two cowboys are like, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Um, I am going to do an easy one, but I think it's so funny because I just thought of it that it, it I should do it anyway. Sure. Bruce Willis vents out his frust- frustrations. Uh, um, Taken? No, Bruce Willis is not in Taken, Anthony. Oh. Uh, uh, Die Hard. Yeah, because he's in the vents. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now he knows what a TV dinner yeah, feels that's like. Awesome. <laughs> um, I got. Oh, oh shit! What's his name? Um. Well, we have to move on to plugs. What's his name? We the, have the two Scientologist, before the Scientologist has to go. dude. The oh, Scientologist. Ron Hubbard. No, 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 no. The famous Tom one. Cruise? Yeah. Tom yeah. Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise runs away from his gay thoughts. No clue. He that's runs every Tom, every movie. That's every Tom Cruise movie. It's every Tom. <laughs> movie. Okay. Every Tom Cruise movie. Uh, I am not going to back that one up because I, I, you know, um, I actually it, enjoy It's just movies. a dirty place to be picking on Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's a Scientologist. He deserves to be picked on. Moving on. <laughs> oh, gosh. The Shots gloves fired. are off. Anthony's like, I'm not here very often. Let's be as offensive as I can. I'm not I'm not a fan of Scientology. Well, I've been I mean, watching the documentaries. I'm not a big fan either. Yeah, right. A wisecracking, a wisecracking, um, a wisecracking um, boiler technician teaches high school students to believe in their dreams. Uh, um, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Uh, I stole that one from online, by the way, from um, okay. at Zombie Riot. I just want to make it really clear that that wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> Brian claims no credit for the for the preceding joke. No. <laughs> um, so um, that is our show today. Um, anybody got anything they want to plug? Other people's work or theirs? Um, I mean, Critical Role is awesome if you have the time to sit and watch it <laughs> slash listen to it. I probably uh, have the time to listen to it, but not sit and watch it. Yeah. Well, I try and watch them live, so. Uh, always fun. Anthony, you got anything to plug? Um, well, yeah, Ants like I was Canada. saying, the, the thing that got me into this all was the Ants Canada channel, so you all should go on YouTube and watch it. It is a good channel. Um, he surprisingly makes ant colonies very exciting. Like, you'd be like, oh, it's just he's just a bunch of ants, but he makes it really exciting. It, it's mostly his voice and his cadence and how excited he gets, and that makes it very entertaining. What else? That's all. No, that's it. All right. This has been our episode today. We talked about bugs and video games, and, you know, we basically had the kind of nerdy conversation we have all the time, and we had some technical difficulties, as usual lately <laughs> well, at least momo oh. wasn't too bad uh, she is locked in the bathroom ah smart man <laughs> yeah and i was like it's time to go to kitty jail and she immediately hid <laughs> guys the baby's <laughs> smiling it means he's farting 
Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I have been your host, Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by Hindu Anthony. Bye, everyone. And David Theobald. Theobald. The, the third. third. Bye. It's been fun, guys. It's always this fun to have you on. Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay informed, stay nerdy, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Awesome. Say goodbye, David. Anthony, cut him off. Bye. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs>